Welcome to Rainbow Turtle Rebooted. This is a podcast series about fair trade and the people involved in it. It is brought to you by Rainbow Turtle, the fair trade shop and charity based in Scotland. We rejoin Liz Cotton from our last episode, where she talked about her early influences and how she came to start Rainbow Turtle back in 2002. As we sort of get to that point of transition then, what, what was it that decided you to move on from Rainbow Turtle? I can remember that things were really tough. We'd moved from the warehouse to the shop. Sales were in decline. Um, Lindsay was away on maternity and you were running things very much on your own. And I remember coming in and seeing you and really feeling for you because uh, you were trying to do everything your, yourself. And I was just wondering if that had something to do with it as well, that you know, you just sort of worked yourself to the bone and it was time to step back. Well, I think in many ways, yes. I think I got to a point where, yeah, I was, and, and maybe burnout is is a thing. And I hadn't really thought about that until I did Google burnout and thought, actually, <laughs> this is this is reality that, that I'm getting to that point. But also practically wise, I actually needed to have an income. I did need to get a, a paid job or I know it took a little bit from Rainbow Turtle but a, a job that could could pay me a bit more and I also felt that Rainbow Turtle needed me not to be there I think it it was possibly getting to a point where it was relying too much on me and I probably wasn't allowing other people enough um, letting people in enough just because I was having to hold on to too many strings at the same time and it was too difficult to let go of one and let other people in and and I just knew it needed it needed to change and if it was going to keep going, then you've kind of got to let go, haven't you? You've got to, as much as I loved everything about it, I needed to let it go in order for it to flourish. So I guess all of that was was part of the process. It's a bit like uh, watching your children grow up and leave home, really, isn't it? And it's that sort of letting go, you know, you think, well, no, no, your best place is with me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, exactly. Yeah. And just, and I think one of my greatest pleasures now is going into the shop and Aww. seeing people there and bumping into the volunteers and not having, not feeling I've got to do anything. You know, I can just go in and enjoy it a bit far away now, but it's, it's still exactly as, well, not exactly as it was because it's, it's obviously going to change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is is for the best, but yeah, just to see new ideas and new things and new ways of thinking and different people being involved and and I think just think that's the best thing ever it's just lovely brilliant so what, what are you up to now then what what sort of happens after Rainbow oh. Turtle after Rainbow Turtle I went to work with an organization in Glasgow um, coordinating a community garden which was in a, a relatively challenged area of Glasgow and um, so it was it was a food initiative so we did the whole organization was doing community meals and cookery courses and helping people to access low-cost, high-quality food in in the area where many people would struggle to do so. And we had a community garden which would grow food but also be a a sort of haven, an oasis in in a pretty barren area of the city and just enable children to come in and play and people to be able to enjoy outdoor life and get involved in, you know, growing, growing food but just sitting and enjoying. And, you know, I planted, got 
loads of flowers and hanging baskets in and all sorts of things. So it wasn't just vegetables. So people mm. just had a lovely place that they could sit and, and, and just be. So so I did that for two years. Towards the end, we were very much involved in a lot of the work around COVID, organising food parcels and delivering them all around the areas of the city that we worked in. And just seeing how unfair life is very much for many people in our own country mm. as well. Mm. And, and it came very much to home how difficult it is and what a struggle it is for people in, yeah, just been dealt a bad lot in our own society. So fair trade, it, by definition, is in the developing mm-hmm. world, but but the same principles mm-hmm. um, could very much be brought to our own backyard as well. But I had already, for much as I loved doing that job, I had on several holidays up to Olapool mm-hmm. decided that was actually where my heart was. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be. And a shop came up for sale and I thought, oh, do I want to go back to running a shop? <laughs> and by various circumstances and coincidences, and I um, ended up, yeah, buying the shop and... Um, and here I am up in the Highlands, um, living Brilliant. the dream, as I say. I was just going to say, within two weeks, I was roped into the fair trade group. <laughs> here we go <laughs> again. <laughs> is the shop you're uh, running now the sort of one that you would have liked to have run in Paisley or is that just different direction you're in at the moment? Well, it's, it's interesting because because there's so much fair trade going on in Ullapool anyway, I, mm. I had envisaged it being very similar to Rainbow Turtle, a fair trade sort of shop. Ullapool yeah. is a fair trade village. The fair trade group have been very, very active. Uh-huh. A lot of the shops have fair trade products. So many of the suppliers that I would have wanted to use are already in different mm-hmm. shops, which is great. You know, it's mm-hmm. all very much integrated into the local scene. So, so my shop has gone down more the lines of clothing and accessories mm-hmm. with some craft products and toys. So it's a whole new venture for me because I'm not really into fashion and... <laughs> it's not my thing but uh, I'm learning fast and I'm learning how to wear some of the stuff (laughs) trying to look the part and as I say yeah the local fair trade group have roped me in and we're in the process now of seeing what we can do for this fair trade fortnight so I guess the other thing that I'm I'm bringing into the shop is a lot more I guess it's not just fair trade so there's but trying to make it fair trade or environmentally friendly Mm. or local produce Mm. low low miles so it's I've got a bit more leeway, I yes. think, because it's not a fair trade shop. I'm just trying to run the shop on the principles that work for me. But equally yeah. starting to think about how do I make it into a ethical, as it were. So thinking on the lines of becoming a B Corp or something like that. So it's early days yet. And over the last a year and a quarter so far, I've been open for about four months. <laughs> so it's, yeah, still on a learning curve. So have you got anything exciting planned for Fair Trade Fortnite? Well, we were just looking at virtual stuff and thinking, could we do something online for each of the 14 days? Mm-hmm. Almost like an advent calendar sort of thing. And because it's, I think, Fair Trade Fortnite this year is about climate and us. And so trying to get all the local shops to participate and uh, local groups and things to see. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a celebration of what's happening rather than a, you know beating people up with a stick and saying you should do this. It's saying, look, all these things are happening and, and just bringing them out and, and showing them to people each day, having something to represent what's going on so that mm-hmm. um, we're celebrating things that are mm-hmm. in the village rather than things that people need to do. I think Did you get all that, Gemma? Some good ideas in there. Did you get that? Okay. <laughs> 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 but unfortunately, I, I suggested some of these ideas, so I've now got to do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> he who has the vision bears the burden, as they say. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do anything down in Paisley, you're very welcome. <laughs>
So um, looking sort of to the future at the moment, where do you see fair trade going? Because obviously there was a real boom really about 10, 20 years ago. And then when, you know, all the big supermarkets and companies are getting involved and now they're sort of watering it down with their own uh, forms of fair trade or ethical products. It's very much sort of changed the landscape. It has. I think it's it's probably an inevitable cycle. I think there was many of us worried yeah, tricky time, wasn't it? When we first started Rainbow Turtle, it was all mm. on the up and it was exciting, wasn't it? Because mm. you had something to say. It was very easy just to say, this is fair trade and this is how it makes a difference. Come and buy it. Whereas, as you say, over time, it's become much more complicated and diverse and so many different uh, standards and different labels and things that people can do and 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 they can drop them at a hat and at the drop them on a whim or do something different and and it's very very difficult to have a single message that that works now i think people are very conscious of where things come from i think it's been brilliant that people in general um, are aware of ideas of slave labor and exploitation and all these sort of things so there is a consciousness out there but sometimes you th- you think actually there isn't <laughs> so because people still are keen to buy things at a bargain, buy things at <laughs> price, buy cheap stuff. So it is very difficult to know what message, where to go, and particularly in the current climate, where people are so concerned about climate change and the current pandemic and what's happening with Brexit and what's happening in America, then I think ideas of fair trade possibly are going down people's personal agendas a little <laughs> bit. Um, because it's about survival and looking out for oneself and that's becoming very prominent that people are people and societies are becoming Mm. much more look after us rather than looking globally but I would hope that one of the outcomes of the pandemic awful though it has been um, would be that people would be more keen to look out for other people and see Mm. the world as a whole and that we're all interconnected Mm. and that we are dependent on each other we can't live in isolation. If that were to happen, that would be a positive thing to come out of this. But Mm. at the moment, I honestly can't say. All I can say is that whilst probably 10 years ago, we were quite excited thinking, hallelujah, job almost done. Mm. Mm. Fair trade is is mainstream. Mm. We can not be needed to be doing so much anymore. Mm. I think probably there's as much, if not more, that we need to do now and, Mm. and, and as much we need to shout about and as much that we need to be aware of and and keep bringing up to people's consciences i think to your point what you're doing in your shop as well how you're sort of diversifying as well that it's about environmental and it's about local as well all these things um, can only help and they all they all connect together don't they it's it's neither one nor the other really particularly when you think you know uh, changes in global temperatures is affecting flooding in different parts of the world or you know they're having droughts or famines you know and uh, it's the fact that again the changes we make here have an impact globally and we'll only notice those when we don't get bananas anymore or something (laughs) or you know coffee troubles price because and then it will affect us and then we might notice might think oh okay whereas uh think when when you can when you're not affected personally mm-hmm. by something it's much more difficult to appreciate what's happening in other places isn't it which yeah. is why the producers coming over or and I, I that's going to be something that won't happen for a long time now is it but um 
but with technology, we might be able to link through Zooms and... Well, at the recent uh, Scottish Fair Trade Foundation Awards, uh, they did it um, all by Zoom and... Um, yes, and uh, congratulations. That's right, to Mary Russell. Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. Have you seen our lion, by the way? I have. You changed his name. That's right. Well, as the kids uh, named it, we, we said to them, if you want to give it a new name and a new colouring and things like that. So, yeah. I was so pleased he's come back. I was so sorry when he left. Oh, he's I, was in the... hoping, I was hoping that the school would just let us keep him at that point. Oh, but they... when, when I picked him up from the school, when they contacted, I was delighted. When they picked him up, he looked a sorry state. I thought, oh, we've got to do something with him. And oh. Mary Russell will be brilliant. It's two years yeah. on the trot. I don't think I can get away with nominating them for another Fair Trade Award. <laughs> Why not? You can try. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. I uh, really like him. Yeah, so where is he? He's, he's still in the window. He's in the Smith Hill Street window. So yeah. he's, he's now a rainbow lion. So yeah. we don't have a turtle. We don't have a rainbow turtle. It's amazing. All, we've got all these little turtles kicking around the place so that's that's something that i'm thinking of if we can get a rainbow turtle so and then it was this idea if you've got rainbow turtle or rainbow lion, it's about inclusivity you know the lion lies down with the lamb you know it's yeah. about you know diversity inclusivity you know yeah. that's so, where yeah. that one was going and hope and promise indeed indeed yeah. so yeah. Uh, any unfulfilled dreams still that you anything you'd still like to do I still need to be able to learn to do a cartwheel. Ah, indeed. <laughs> That's nothing to do with fair trade. That's no, my really unfulfilled ambition of my life. No, it would just be great to feel that. I don't know. I don't really have any. Um, don't don't push me on that one, Colin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll have sleepless yeah. nights now. I think. Oh no, I've not fulfilled all my dreams. No, I think I think I've got to a stage where I think I actually have i've been to as many places as i want to go to i've met as well i guess you can always meet more people but um i feel i have you can never have done enough enough can you but but i'm feeling very content at the moment and i'm in a place where i want to be and i've seen my kids grow up into lovely young adults and they're now looking after me (laughs) i've got got some amazing friends and and yes if i can continue to be involved in local issues and global issues as best I can then, then that's and, if, what I'll do. and if you ever want your job back just let me know I'd be happy <laughs> to uh... <laughs> no that's all yours Colin you. oh, you're doing dear. such a good job unfulfilled <laughs> dreams eh <laughs> okay I'm gonna I guess I just need somebody to write the books but yeah ah only you can do that I'm gonna say goodbye now and thanks very much Liz it's been really nice chatting with you and uh I hope we can uh, catch up again, maybe in Paisley or if I head up to Alapur. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be up here at some point. Thank you for listening to the Rainbow Turtle Rebooted Podcast. If you've liked what you've heard, please subscribe to our series and better still rate our podcast and leave us a comment. Also, tell your friends! A wee thanks to Patrick Quinn for his piece of music, Dr. Anne and her books, and to Patrick and Maureen Quinn for playing so beautifully. We'll see you further on. Cheerio! Cheerio!